Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This podcast. My name is Nate Robinsoff, and I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, MDib, soon to be demon. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing really well today. That's good. It is good. Today's a good day. We've got a topic today that we're doing. We do, as we do with most episodes. But yeah. yes, that's yeah. correct. There's it's, a topic today. It's going to be a doozy of a of a one. Oh, really? Yeah. A doozy. Yeah. A lot. I mean, right? I guess. What's a doozy even mean, anyways? I don't know. Like and subscribe and comment and ring the notification bell and share and tell your friends about the show. Also, you can follow us updates on social media when I heard this podcast on Facebook and Instagram and X, previously known as Twitter, when I heard this podcast and locals as well. Joseph, today we're talking about legalism. Yeah, we are. Why? Because <laughs> I thought it was something that needed to be addressed. <laughs> so therefore, we were going to discuss it. And I attempt to to address it. Yes, you did. All right. So first question. Mm -hmm. What is legalism? Okay. So in the broadest sense, mm -hmm. all right, let's get a little Merriam-Webster definition right. going on. All right. So the meaning of legalism seems is, like we start with Merriam-Webster a lot now. We really do. Yeah. I, so I like to give, you know, here's yeah. a definition. Right. And then we'll move from there. Which is why I asked for it. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so the meaning of legalism is strict, literal, or excessive conformity to the law or to a religious or moral code. Okay. Okay. So pretty broad, but again, that idea of strict, literal, excessive conformity to a law, religious, or moral code. All right. Now, within Christianity specifically, legalism is played out in at least a few ways. Okay. okay. Now, there's no one word in the Bible which we can translate as legalism. So it's not like we can flip to Scripture and go, here's what it says about legalism. All right. But there are passages of Scripture, and we'll get to them, that do kind of hit on what we generally mean when we say legalism. Okay. All right. So... People can mean different things by this word. So it's probably best when someone talks to you about legalism to ask them what they mean by it. So right. what do you mean by it? So let me give you a few, a few common ways uh, or a few common views on legalism within Christianity. Okay. All right. So the first is that legalism can, legalism can be found in groups that believe that they can earn their salvation or earn acceptance from God by keeping the law and or by doing good works. All right. So examples. So in other words, that salvation is to be earned. Okay. It's to be earned by keeping the law and which is in contrast to an idea of being saved by grace through faith. Okay. So for example, all right, though, like there'll be all of these like moral um, expectations. And if you keep all these moral expectations, that'll make you a good person and you'll earn your way to heaven. So that's the first one idea of legalism. All right. Second, legalism can be found in groups that state that though salvation is by grace through faith, after the moment of one's salvation, life is really determined, or the Christian life is determined by what one does from that point. Okay. So in other words, you get saved by grace through faith, but then it's all about what you do from that point on. Um, so in the idea of keeping the law or doing good works, and so there shifts to this emphasis on outward actions okay. and not as much about inward attitudes. All right. And then a third form of legalism, and I think this is probably what most individuals encounter. Um, this third form of legalism, it's, it's found, a, it's found a lot in churches where they teach, yes, that salvation is by grace through faith. They'll teach that you continue to, um, walk with the Lord or quote unquote, keep your salvation by grace through faith. But then there becomes this like mixture of that teaching with another teaching of, but you better keep the law or keep elements of the law. And, or they'll also bring in other things like standards that aren't even found in scripture. Okay. Okay. So like, don't drink. 
don't watch R-rated movies, don't date. And these things kind of all of a sudden become standards of what is a quote unquote good Christian. Okay. And, and I think that's where a lot of people begin to encounter this idea of legalism. It's this kind of mixture and it's hard because you're hearing from one side, like you hear at times this idea of, yeah, it's by grace through faith. Okay. And then, but then there's this other side of, but you better do these things. And, and, and we'll get into, uh, further down, we'll get into what it should look like, but those are kind of the basic understandings of legalism within the church. Do you think legalism is bad or good? <laughs> I think it's bad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's bad. I just wanted to propose the question to see <laughs> sure. what you would say. Yeah. You know, right off the bat. Right. <laughs> Yeah, not good. Okay. okay. Especially in the way we just define legalism. Right. Like none of those three things are good. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, like in regards, for example, to the salvation one, right? That we earn our way, you know, we right. earn our salvation or we earn our way to God. We earn our way into heaven. You know, there's several passages in scripture that are really clear that's not the case. Okay. So okay. for example, Romans three twenty says for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in God's sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. And then verse 28, so just a few verses later, or eight verses later, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Um, and then Galatians 2.16 kind of reiterates this same concept, the same idea that we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. And so I think scripture is really clear that we don't earn our way to heaven. Like okay, we can't yeah. do it. It's just by faith and, and, or by grace through faith. But then beyond salvation, like our good works in and of themselves aren't enough to please God either. So okay. Hebrews eleven six states that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay. Now, obviously, being saved and following Jesus is not just a license to do whatever one wants to do. Um, as James states in his letter to the early churches, in the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. So we as Christians, we obviously want to live a life that reflects Christ. We want to live in such a way that he lived on earth. We want to carry ourselves in such a way that um, reflects this is who Jesus, this is who Jesus is, is how he lived, and we're doing the same. Okay. Um, and so I'm not saying there's not like there's not going to be good works, but hopefully it's produced by faith, like faith leads us to those good works. Um, and that and, and really by good works, I'm guessing, or I'm what I'm really saying by good works is that we're, we're doing things that are loving toward others. Mm -hmm. That's when we say good works, people will ask, well, what do you mean by that? And really it's, it's, it's this idea of loving others. Right. Cause that was going to be my next question. Okay. When like, I wouldn't view legalism at least in my experience uh -huh. by do good stuff when you're out and about and, and all that. Okay. It, it's almost to me it seems like dumb stuff <laughs> like you said like don't ever watch an r-rated movie right L what like <laughs> yeah. none of them right. like there's passion of the christ is an r-rated movie should i not watch that movie yeah so that's where i have seen it the most not yeah. necessarily in the works part right and there's never any explanation for why i shouldn't do these things or if they even make sense right so what's the like what's the difference there okay why did you why did you go to good works right and that's why i think what i think of it as yeah so no and, and i and i agree with you i think that's what i was saying earlier like, this becomes this like mixture of things okay right like that in one of the ways of understanding legalism it's this mixture Okay, so there's the one side of legalism that says you must keep these laws. Okay, okay, you must do these things, right? And usually they're the they're the knots. 
right? Okay. Don't do this. Like, right. don't steal. Don't kill. Right? Those types of things. Right. Um, and so there's the expectation of like, don't do these. Okay? And if you don't do these things, that will keep you in good standing with God. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, I'm not saying we should be going and killing and stealing. All I'm saying is you can have all of do the... Do it can, for the Lord. Well, yes, yes, actually, yes. And because, <laughs> because really the, it's what Jesus gets to, you know, Jesus says, you've heard it said, and he's quoting from the law here. You've mm-hmm. heard it said, do not murder. And Jesus then goes on to say in Matthew five, but I tell you, anyone who has hatred in his heart for someone has already committed murder. Okay. And they're in their heart. And what Jesus is getting to is that it's beyond just the outward actions. And I think that's where legalism kind of comes into play because it's whether it's in the way that you're describing it of these seemingly um, ridiculous or obscure standards or expectations mm-hmm. that's being put on people or whether it's actually using scripture like, all right, it says this in leviticus you better do it mm-hmm. and it's like piecemealing like in other words we're gonna take a little bit of leviticus a little bit but not all of it you know and it's like you're and you're trying to say but you gotta do these things and so legalism does take these various um uh, approaches if you were um and so i guess that's why i was kind of going to the idea of like works because there's that one side that says like all right just don't do these things and what i'm saying is if you just simply express love to others you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to covet. You know, you're not going to cheat. You're, you know, those types of things. And so you're going to express love toward others. Mm. And that's what Paul actually says in Galatians 5 in 13 and 14. He says, you were called to be free brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if we love, we're going to end up fulfilling the law. Okay. Okay. But I but on the other side that like what you're talking about, with the legalism being brought in, the idea of, of don't watch R rated movies, don't date, don't you know, there's all these like like the way you dress um comes into play. And and I was gonna hit on it later, but I'll go ahead and I guess hit on it now. Like, I think you see a lot of that because of a movement that happened in the church. Um, man, probably over the last, let's say, 40 years or so. Okay. Um, where and now, not saying there wasn't legalism before that. Right. Okay. Um, but I think you see it in some, ex- like, you see it in some expressions of churches now um, because of the influence of an individual named Bill Gothard. I've never heard that name before. Right. But you've probably heard a lot of his teachings. Okay. Whether you knew it, you know, they probably weren't quoting Bill Gothard per se mm-hmm. in the sense of that they weren't going to directly quote him, but he was influencing their viewpoints. Okay. And he, it was like Gothard created like this list basically of like all of these things that individuals had to do or should do to be quote unquote good or holy. And I'm and, assuming it was like a modern list. Yeah, it was like extra biblical type stuff. Okay, and and I mean like a modern list, as in it it was stuff about the pop culture and the culture mm-hmm. in the now. Correct. Okay. Correct. And all of a sudden now, Gothard's. <laughs> so you had like because there's always I won't say always, but like for the last like hundred plus years, there's been this element of like fundamentalism mm-hmm. in the church which was really like heavy handed on like law on, um, on modesty Mm -hmm. type things. Um, you see that in like fundamentalist churches, um, Pentecostal holiness churches. And so there, there was that, you know, within those churches, Gothard kind of brought in this element that was fundamentalist loved it, but also (laughs) it was weird because it was really pushed toward like homeschool groups. And so because of a lot of charismatics who usually aren't seen as like legalist or fundamentalist, but a lot of like charismatics started kind of getting into like the homeschooling movement and that kind of thing. And now all of a sudden 
they're teaching these same principles that you would find in like a very fundamentalist type church. Okay. And it, it, it seems odd because like on the flip side of legalism is this idea of like hyper grace, like anything kind of goes kind of okay. deal. Like no, I'm not saying no standards, but not many standards. And usually the charismatic church is kind of, um, blamed for that or associated with that. And so for Gothard's principles to kind of come into the charismatic church via the homeschooling movement is, is really interesting. Um, what background did he have? He, he came from a conservative fundamentalist type oh, okay. background. And so, but all of a sudden his principles were now being exported, if you were into the Christian, into charismatic world. And, and you saw that, like, for example, um, in the idea of like, uh, a spiritual covering that became like a big okay. deal. Like, and I don't know if you were familiar with that, like growing I, I mean, I've, up. I'm, I've heard that a million times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So why do you think people like took to it? Like, yeah. Like if it's a homeschooling thing, why did parents take to that? I, I think because the way that it was presented was you have an opportunity to teach your kids to to do right, to live right. And so that's and so I think homeschoolers, homeschooling parents who now have the opportunity to educate their own kids took goth because Gothard had curriculum like homeschool curriculum. Okay. Mm -hmm. So oh, they, they yeah. Oh. And so they were taking the curriculum and using it. Okay. And it had a lot of these principles embedded within the curriculum. So all these parents who went to Woodstock <laughs> had kids. Right. And then didn't want them to do that same yeah, thing. There you go. And so Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a lot of it. We get to have fun, but you don't. <laughs> Well, it was kind of like we went crazy right. right through the hippie movement and all that kind of stuff. And now and, and, and there and that's interesting because there really was a lot of that. Like it's not just even like the I mean, there's the hippie movement, but then you had like the Jesus kind of movement that was within the hippie world. Right. Mm -hmm. So you had a lot of people getting saved out of that hippie movement. And and I, and I do think this was a sense of almost like the pendulum swinging to the other side way to the other side way to the other side um and you know so for example like the duggars are you familiar with like is it, is it 12 so. kids and counting or right. 13 or 20 right I'm, I'm not sure how many kids they have now but and all their kids were having sex with each other and stuff right well no well okay there was some abuse right yeah that, that happened that's what i know about yeah, that I unfortunately think. but yeah but like they were heavy into the gothards okay teachings and and so, and I'm not saying that everything that Gothard taught was terrible, but there was so much, there was so much legalism intertwined with faith. There was so much, here's the expectations of how you have to live as a Christian that weren't found in scripture mm. that were intertwined in that. And, and I think it created a lot of, I think it created a lot of the issues we're now seeing, you know. 20 years, 30 years later, as the kids who were exposed to this teaching are now adults mm -hmm. and, and are just going, no, we just, that, that was not okay. Or you have, and you have some that were like, it's not okay. We're out like leaving the faith. And then you have others that are going, that was not okay, but we've got to change that. Well, all of that puts a lot of things in perspective for me. Okay. Already. <laughs> all right. Cause I I'm assuming from the way you talked about that legalism was pretty, was it, was it pretty prevalent when you were growing up? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. How, now how did you see it manifested for you? That, the church? that the way I always saw it was, uh, like we didn't teach you to do these things. So get out. Like that was the impression. Okay. Like, we told you never to do all of this list of stuff. I gotcha. And you did it, so that's your fault. Bye. That's how it felt. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, all right, well, 
Cool. Don't know what to do now. <laughs> so basically, y'all just so screwed up. Yeah. Just because. Get out. Just because we told you not to. Right. Not because whatever I did screwed me up. Right. But the fact was we told you not to. So. Yeah. And, and again, I think a lot of that goes back to that idea of like judging everything by the outward acts. Right. Right. And. and I, I th- mean, some of the stuff I did was sins. Oh, sure. But, yeah. you know, they told me not to. <laughs> right. But like how much. <laughs> but it wasn't a, it wasn't about God not wanting me to do those things. It was they told me not to do uh, those. I gotcha. So. Okay. Right. So, like, I'm guessing there's not many conversations of, like, sitting down and going, all right, we need to... No, or, how we, do we handle this right. or whatever now? No, I gotcha. No. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of the legalism is, right? It's just the, this is the right, this is the wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and it's very, like, black and white, and it's very, and again, it's very judgment-oriented on the outward act and not on the inward stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and not sitting down with people going, why did you, why did you do that? Right. Or, okay, you did it. Cause a person could be like, yep, I, mm-hmm. I sinned. I messed up. I screwed up. I own it. And for that, like, and if there's a sense of like repentance, forgiveness, that should be enough. Right. Instead of just being like, get out. Yeah. Anyway, you're putting things in perspective. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause it seems like after going crazy and free love and doing whatever you want, yeah. Like, oh no. Here's this list of stuff you're never doing. Right. I didn't do any of those things, but <laughs> we're perfect. <laughs> but, but you shall never do them. Right. But and it and it's weird because a a lot of it is is out of actually like good intentions. I could see that. Like in other words, we want better for our kids. We don't want them to go crazy. And if every parent was doing it to their homeschool kids, then yeah. why would anyone think it was not supposed to be that way? Sure. Sure. Especially when you've got parents like kind of trumpeting the fact that they've done it and look how great my kids are. Right. The ones that actually followed all the rules. Right. Like, look, they followed all the, all the rules. rules. Right. Your kids could do if if you, you just did these things. If every yeah. time they do a thing, you kill them. <laughs> well, but that was a lot of the Gothard teaching, too. Mm. Was like, oh, look at, here's all these great results. Look at all these fantastic right. you know, people mm-hmm. that have followed these things. And like, mm. it was really, I, it was really, I, I think a lot of it was like emotional manipulation. Because yeah. what I mean by that is like, hey, <laughs> like, parents, you have a, if you do these things, you really can make your child better than or, you. Yeah. Or you, or you can really make your child love Jesus. Mm. But if you don't do these things right, and your child rebels, that's on you. Here's my perfect kid. And they're standing there like <laughs> with their face all red, just right. ready to explode. <laughs> it probably terrified. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of the, I think, unfortunately, a lot of that Gothard type teaching really started messing with a lot of churches. And because it wasn't, I mean, obviously it was large within the homeschool community because of the curriculum and those kind of things. But even churches were using them. Like these right. kids weren't going to, you know, they weren't being homeschooled or whatever, but they were still using the curriculums, you know, within their Sunday schools or their discipleship programs, that kind of thing. All right, so legalism seems like a really big problem. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very is fair it, assessment. Is it a very, very big problem, or is it just my experience that it's a big problem? Or is it a, like, very big problem? Well, I don't know, Nate. I don't know exactly how widespread it is in terms of, like, every church denomination, those kind of things. I think you've got a—I think there's a lot of churches that are just, like—I I feel like there's maybe, like, few extremes, like— there's the one side of churches that are just like kind of apathetic. Like in other words, they're not really harping or preaching on sin or much of anything. Mm. It's just kind of like you're here. Here's a good little message. We're going to sing some songs out the door with you. And there's not really a lot of movement going on in regards to like telling people how to live or what they should do, that kind of thing. Uh, or even like convicting people of sin. I think there's the other side of churches that, 
about not convicting of sin. They're like, again, what I said earlier, into this hyper grace. We're not going to talk about sin. It's just all love. It's there's there's not near the moral standard or high standards that there are in some churches or even in scripture. But that's okay. We're all good. Just love. And they define love a little weird and or a little loosely. And then you do have the churches that are an un- unfortunately just like inundated with legalism. And those are those churches, again, that are coming from the, the fundamentalist background, Pentecostal holiness background, and again, in some charismatic churches as well. So um, would you consider it a church problem more than a individual problem? Or would it be more of an individual problem than a church problem? Um, I don't know because I, I see it on both sides. I guess like I I see the the the, the legalism that's played out in churches. Mm-hmm. That's a church wide issue. Okay, because the whole culture of that church is kind of inundated with it. Okay, and then I've seen individuals in churches that are not legalistic at all in their culture, but yet they're there and they're pretty legalistic. Okay. So I, I and it's, but it's probably because of some of their church background too, to be honest. And so they learned it from somewhere, in other words. So I think it's, I do think it's a church issue. Um, though obviously it can be played out in a very individualistic manner. So it is a church wide problem then? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. And, and so, and again, you're going to have, some churches and they're going to say, Hey, you're saved by grace through faith. But then they're going to put like this yoke on you of either laws from scripture that we're not told to hold to now, or, or even ideas that scripture never even discusses explicitly. Um, And so, and it's like, they're telling individuals, these churches are telling individuals, Hey, you got to adhere to these standards again to be good Christians. Um, but I think one of the biggest issues in the whole legalism discussion is actually the shame and condemnation that comes from it. Right. Because it's so shame-based. It's like, if if you do these things, you should feel shame. You should feel condemnation. You are less than a Christian. You have disappointed God. You've disappointed the church. There's a lot of shame in that. And and I'm not saying that we don't need to feel convicted when we sin, right? Like when we sin, the Holy Spirit should convict us of our sin. So I'm not saying we shouldn't feel conviction. I'm not saying we shouldn't realize that we've done something wrong Mm. when we've actually done something wrong. But unfortunately, a lot of legalism is tied and connected to this like shame-based preaching, right? Mm. So in other words... We're not going to we're not going to implore you to live a certain way out of love or out of a desire to follow Jesus. We're going to implore you to live a certain way so you're following the rules. Right. And then when you don't follow the rules, we're going to shame you because you've not followed followed the rules. And I think that is as big of a problem as anything within the churches that are preaching or teaching legalism have that you know as they have that in their culture right well that that's where that's where this is going to end up in this episode (laughs) is the shame part yeah because i think that's the problem okay okay so there's like actual sins and then there's the stuff that you're not supposed to like there's the there's the i wish you wouldn't do this but Uh i'm going to mandate on you because i wish that you not do this Okay. Whether that's from the church or homeschool parents. So (laughs) are there things that it is okay for the church to be legalistic about? Uh Uh-huh. Because I know that you've said in episodes before that if people are doing a certain sin and not repenting, you would kick them out as a pastor. Okay. So Very simplistically put, but... (laughs) So that could be considered legalism uh-huh. under the same way of we're going to make you feel shame if you hold hands with your boyfriend. Okay. So obviously you would say there are, those things are not 
on equal footing. Right. But I could say that you kicking people out for whatever reason, if they do actual sins and won't stop, is legalism. Okay. So are there good forms of church legalism? Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. That's a lot to digest and <laughs> to discuss. Okay. So first of all, in dealing with the fact that I, I as a pastor, would just kick people out of the church for sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand you'd go through the whole thing where you'd right. be like, hey, you should right. stop doing this. And they go, no. And then you. <laughs> and then you keep then following you, up. Yeah. Like, it's not a. Hey, are you still sinning? And then you go, yeah, I guess. I'm <laughs> but it's not like a. And then you're fired. <laughs> but it's not like a thing where you're just um, immediately. And you mentioned this. It's nothing like you're just immediately tossing someone out of the church because they're right. in sin. And. And my bigger issue with, and specifically when you're talking about asking someone to leave the church, there there has to be such a long period of un like like of not repenting of pushing, and we're talking about Christians here, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is the issue, okay? So we're talking about people that are claiming to be Christians, right? Claiming to follow Jesus. And yet, living in unrepentant sin—that mm-hmm. that's—that becomes the issue. I'm not talking about the person that comes to the door of our church, that doesn't know Jesus, and that's living completely in sin. Of course, they're living in sin. Of course, they're doing things that we wouldn't celebrate as a as a church. But they don't know Jesus, right. so I can't ask them to live a certain way if they don't know Jesus first. Okay. Okay, so I want to make sure there's a I mean, I, clarity I knew, and distinction there. I know. Yeah. I know you knew that. Okay. I just want to make We've sure. We've gone over those Okay, I just want to make sure, okay. hey, you know, if you're just <laughs> jumping on now, I don't want you to think, hey, right. Pastor Joe's just tossing people out of the mm, church everywhere. Okay. All right. So is that good? Is that is that considered legal? Good, okay. Is that legalism for you to do that, and is that good? Okay. So, yeah, and I think the way we're defining legalism so you're right. Some people would say that's legalism. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. Some people would say holding to a scriptural sexual ethic mm-hmm. is legalism. Like I understand that there's going to be those charges made against the church for standing and taking or taking a stance against sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And taking a stance for scripture and for what scripture says as a whole and especially in the way that we are called to live in New Testament Christianity. And so I do understand the kind of the charge of, well, you're just, you're just being um, legalistic. I think so the church has to call people to love others. Right. Mm -hmm. So our faith has to look like something. It has to, like, we have to call people to say, Hey, you're, you're going to love others. So you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to lie to them. You're not going to cheat them. You're not going to slander them. You're not going to harm them. And Paul, again, we mentioned this earlier, Paul summed up all of this by saying, hey, love your neighbors as yourself. Mm. Do do all, he says, all the law can be summed up, just love your neighbors as yourself. Okay. And so, but throughout Paul's epistles, he's having to give examples of what it looks like to not love others. So he's having to be clear with some things, okay. okay? And so like Romans 1, 29 through 31, Colossians 3, 5 through 10, basically these lists where Paul is going, hey, these actions right here are not loving. Don't do these things. Um, in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, so Paul says this. He says that the works of the flesh are obvious. So in other words, here are the things that are not loving. Okay. Listening to ACDC, watching R-rated movies. <laughs> uh, amazingly, those two things are not in there. Wearing a two-piece bathing suit. Right, that's not in there either. All right. But sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness. Those are the things that he's saying, hey, if you, do, if you do these things, these are not going to be loving toward other people. And so so we there has to be like uh, a call to we to a wanting to live like Jesus. That's not legalism. Okay. And I want, so I want to make sure there's a, like, we do as a church have to make a stand and going, 
hey, these things are not okay because these things are not loving. These things are okay because these things are loving. Okay. All right. And therefore, like, so these things are not loving and they're not honoring God. These things are loving. They are honoring God. So, yes, we are going to draw a line a little bit and say, or not a little bit, we are going to draw a clear line. These things, they're not okay. They're, they're sin. They're not loving toward others. This is what fallen humanity does. This is how fallen humanity acts. Whereas on this side, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus because this is the way Jesus himself would act. So how did Goddard and all of his minions on that scale that you just presented, these are loving things and these are not loving things. Right. Where do you fit? I, I guess R-rated, R-rated movies is going to be the example, I guess. Okay. Where do you fit R-rated movies into there and how did they scale that? And right. And what was the thought process behind all of this when it started? Yeah. So, so a couple of things. So with Gothard, there's the, Oh, Gothard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With Gothard, um, there's this, there's this, un, there's this unfortunate using scripture, using scripture out of context and using scripture as, as rules. Okay. As like, all right, these are your instructions. It's like, like almost like using scripture as like an instruction manual. Okay. Instead of using scripture. Yes, does it give you know prescriptions of how to live? Sure, but it's more than just an instruction manual. It's something that's actually causing us to know the Lord and causing us to understand His grand story. And it's so it's it's bigger than just like this instruction manual. But when it's viewed as an instruction manual, it's easier to kind of piecemeal things. So you take a verse here, a verse here, a verse here, and all of a sudden you're taking them out of context and you make it say something it doesn't mean okay? Um, because you think it's just all instructions anyway, instead of seeing it as a story where if I'm reading it as a story, I, you know, it's like for anything with a story, I can't just pull something out of context because I don't, I need to know what's going on in the rest of that story. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a little bit of a difference in the way approaching scripture is one issue. But then, so getting to your point of like R rated movies or, you know, things that came up later on that wasn't just Gothard, but like kind of, I mean, there's part of it, but it bled into the purity culture right? Um, with Joshua Harris and all that group. Like never listen to any radio that isn't Christian, Christian. radio. Right. Yeah. And ever. <laughs> yeah. And so they would, you would take passages, for example, like in Philippians 4, mm-hmm. where it says, think upon these things. And then Paul lists the things to think about. And he says, they're, you know, these things are good. They're pure. They're they're holy. Stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Those could be included in that. Rainbows, but but not the gay kind. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And so there's the idea of, but again, think about these things. Holy, pure, it's good. You know, it's pleasurable. It's pleasing. And so Paul's saying, hey, think about these things. But the context of that also is like when we're anxious. He's talking about anxiety there in Philippians 4. Mm-hmm. See, don't be anxious, okay? But in prayer and supplication, present your request to the Lord. Think upon these things. So in other words, if your mind is anxious, we want, we need, there needs to be like a shift, okay? So what are we thinking about, right? Well, makes, this is where sense. I would go, there's a lot of anxious characters in Disney movies, so guess we can't watch any of those. <laughs> Like this is yeah. the I know it's it's take legalism to the extreme. extreme. Right. We, sure. We we could all do this all day and never be Correct. able to leave our houses and do anything. Right. Right. And and so I, what I'm getting to is is so when when Paul's saying don't Paul say anything about that which is holy that which is good mm-hmm. right and we would all agree with that to have those thoughts in our minds but especially if you're anxious especially if you're dealing with anxiety and you're and and so your your thoughts are anxious. Your thoughts are, you know, maybe maybe you feel down. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you know, like, mm-hmm. okay. So Paul's saying, hey, pray unto the Lord, present these requests to the Lord. So you know, with Thanksgiving, 
let him know, in other words, you're anxious about these things. And then now let's 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 start thinking about that which is good. Let's think about that which is holy. He's actually trying to help someone on a practical level deal with anxiety. Now, for you and I, if you know, like we're we're told to not watch R-rated movies, for example, if that's what we're told, mm-hmm. and we're using that passage as the defense for it, because well, if you watch R-rated movies or if you listen to really bad music, you're not your your thoughts aren't good, holy, pleasing, right? right. Well, I would say okay. I understand what you're talking about in that, but also to say R-rated movies are out because they're R-rated, right? Is there's no nuance in that, right? Like you mentioned Passion of the Christ earlier. Mm-hmm. Are we just going to not watch the realities of what happened with Jesus because it's so brutally violent? Or right. if we're going to watch a movie, because if you take the one scene out where Jesus gets whipped, just the just, one time he gets whipped, that's not good for you to watch. Yeah. Forget the whole story. Yeah. I mean, because if we're being honest, like we're talking about not wanting to expose our minds, quote unquote, to certain things. Like, have you read scripture? Right. Like, like scripture is full of things that sh- should be shocking to us. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you've got you've got you know the, the, the father of our faith, Abraham mm-hmm. is, you know, I mean, <laughs> he he lies about who his wife is. There's so much incest. And he's like, oh, she's not she's not my wife. She's my sister. Mm-hmm. And so then she's just given to a king and he sleeps with her? Like, Abraham, really, dude? That's what you're going to do with your wife? Or, hey, God's not fulfilled his promise yet. My wife hadn't gotten pregnant. And then she's like, oh, I got a great idea. Here's my maidservant. Sleep with her. Abraham. So that's what our father of our faith is doing, and we're—I mean, um, like, we're reading this. Yeah, like, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, <laughs> or like, or like, even like back in before, like Noah, right? Like, how many times have we sanitized that story? Because we're talking about it in Sunday school, right? We have a song, "Arky Arky," brings them in by their twosy twosies, right? Remember that song? No, nope. Man, it's there. <laughs> it's real, and and so. And like, or like you'll, you'll, you'll go into a, everyone tr- gets murdered in that story. <laughs> That's what I'm getting to. Like we paint it in a children's classroom. Like, yeah. Oh God, the flood. Mm-hmm. Everybody, all the floating bodies. <laughs> exactly. The- everybody dies. Yeah. Like this is a terrible story. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go into the children's room at church and <laughs> draw all the bodies on the Noah's Ark painting. Yeah. And in all the books, in all the books. Yeah. That's fair. It really would be fair, actually. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's what's going on. Like, and you see just whole whole people groups wiped out, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and you know, King David, mm-hmm. who's supposed to like uh, we talk about. I want to. I want to have a heart for God like David did, right? And at the end, all the bad people go to hell forever. <laughs> well, that's true in the Bible, in the Revelation. Yeah. Yes, but like, so for example, King David, he committed adultery. Then he takes the the woman's husband, whom he so the woman he had just committed adultery with, her husband, right. puts him in the front of a battle line to ensure his death. Mm-hmm. So, so he's he can, yeah. so he, he slept with slept with her, committed adultery. Now he's committed murder, mm-hmm. right? He impregnates her. She's pregnant now. So now he marries her. So he's adding on to the wives he already has. Like, and this is David? Like uh, my whole point being is that like, you scripture itself is not sanitized. Mm. Like we have a whole book on sex in scripture, the song of songs. Like it's an explicit book on sex. And so to say that we don't want to expose ourselves to certain things is naive at best. Mm. The re- it's, it's how do we process all of that? How do we understand all of the movement that's happening in scripture in relation to God, in relation to what he ultimately wants, in relation to his glory, in relation to understanding what love is, what love is not, and 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 to honestly wrestle with these things. So there's things like if I'm watching Save It, Saving Private Ryan, which is an R-rated movie, of course, mm-hmm. because you're watching an invasion in, of Normandy, and all of a sudden now 
it's rated R because of all the violence, but it's all it's doing is capturing mm. the realities of war. Well, our scriptures are laced with the realities of war in in the Old Testament. And so, and then, you know, like you mentioned, even pushing it forward ahead to the, the very end of the story in, you know, in Revelation, where there's another war that ends in just blood and murder everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like, I won't say murder, we'll call it judgment. And so, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Right? Yeah. And so, but, but the point is being is like, it's, we have to find a way to like, how do we navigate these things? Like, what are we, how do we understand things? And I'm not sitting here saying that we need to go watch R rated movies or pornography because it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm right, not well, that's saying my next question. I'm not saying that, but I'm also saying that we don't need to, we don't need to get caught up in these like really overarching statements. Like don't listen or don't watch R rated movies. Never listen to secular music. Well, sometimes there's secular songs that actually help express what's going on in my own heart Mm. better than I could put it into words. So it actually helps me, you know, come to terms with what's going on. Okay. Well, this is the question. Okay. All right. So if we're going to take R-rated movies. Okay. Watch all of them is probably wrong. Correct. Watch none of them is probably wrong. Correct. Yeah. So, what do we? I guess my question is, I, I'm not looking for an actual line on this one. Oh, okay. That's okay. new. Okay. But my question is, I know my line's different than your line in it. Okay. Sure. On which ones we're gonna watch and which ones we're not gonna watch. Sure. And to be honest, I probably don't have a line. But. <laughs> But how do, how do, how does that work? So how, yeah. what does the church teach about? Because I've I've heard sermons. Don't watch R-rated movies. Sure, yeah. I listened to a whole sermon when I was in church a long time ago uh-huh. about Shrek. Okay. Literally, the whole sermon was about Shrek, and should we really be taking our kids to this movie? I'm not kidding. It wow. was a whole thing. Wow. About that movie. Wow. Should we really be taking our kids to that movie? Right. Should we even be watching it as adults? Right. Is this good for us? And right. Whole thing. I'm sitting there 12 years old or whatever I was. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we talking about? I've seen this movie a thousand times at this point. <laughs> but, <laughs> and it's hilarious. He farts in the mud. I'm 12. <laughs> but. Right. But. What, what do we do with everyone having different standards? What does the church do with everyone having different standards in a realm of, of yeah. movies like sure. or music or sure. anything? Like, what do you yeah. teach on that? How do you even deal well, with that? And I think one of the things that's easy about just saying, don't watch R-rated movies. Don't listen to any secular music. It's these really broad statements. I don't have to get into nuance and I can control. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it makes, it makes it easier to deal with. Right. And, but that's not my job as a pastor. My job is not to control or make things easy to deal with. My job is to help people learn what it looks like to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you have to be able to give space for people's own consciousness, you know, like their own conscious, like, or not consciousness, but their own conscious, like, Mm -hmm. okay, this doesn't sit well with me. I can't watch this. And then we, because we're loving go, cool. I'm not going to ask you to watch it with me. Right. Right. And so we, then we honor each other's okay. lines or seemingly lack thereof, <laughs> you know? And so, and, and I think that's the, cause that's harder, right? Right. Like it's harder to learn the nuance. It's harder to learn. There's not just, easy answers across the board Mm -hmm. that's harder it's harder to deal with interpersonal relationships where i'm asking you to honor me and i'm being asked to honor you Mm -hmm. and us figuring that out together and so oh okay so i love listening to 90s alternative and grunge Mm -hmm. 
but someone else that I'm maybe in the car with doesn't like listening to that type of music because they don't like the, whether it's the sound they're uncomfortable with, the, the, the lyrics themselves are uncomfortable with, whatever it may be. Okay. Then I have to go, okay, well, I'm going to honor you in that. I think that's how we honestly have to do it. I always teach people how to love one another, teach people how to honor one another, teach people how to respect one another. And I, and because that's, that's the way of Jesus. And I think, again, I think that's just much harder to do. And, but I think that's what we're called to do. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember growing up cause I was into like, I'm into movies, right? Okay, right. It was my whole thing. Gotcha. I remember growing up and the, there was some, website in the 90s okay. where they would watch everything and okay. and say whether it was okay for Christians to do right and i was sitting there going well there's christians running this right so they're watching everything <laughs> i guess i want to be one of them <laughs> right like <laughs> right apparently it's okay right if you're doing it so that everyone else can be right. legalistic and right. not watch anything apparently that's fine right so <laughs> everything you said was a lie there's people running this site right <laughs> like right. i don't get it right. is that okay who knows <laughs> right or like you know and, you, and you're right and like and i think even sometimes the 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 craziness of it right like in other words don't watch x y and z when I was a college student, how many sermons did I hear about Braveheart? I don't know if you ever heard, like, you were younger than me, obviously. No, I've watched Braveheart. Yeah, you've watched Braveheart. It's in there. Right. You got it. <laughs> Braveheart's a great movie. Yeah. Braveheart is, yeah. is not, it's, it's not clean. No. It's got violence. It's got sex, mm -hmm. right? And so, and, and, it, and it's got nudity. A whole lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, so... What are, but then I heard sermons from people talking about Braveheart, and and I understand they're using, you know, William Wallace and what he stood for and those right. kind of things, but they're directly, like the pastor's directly referencing the movie. He stood for that woman that took her clothes off. <laughs> that's what that's what William Wallace stood for, <laughs> so, you know. But like that's but or, or even being shown clips. But then being told, but don't go watch the whole movie. Right. Well, well, didn't you? Did, right. And so. How'd you find these clips? <laughs> and I think <laughs> that's where everything becomes very, like you're talking about, like, hold on now. Right. And, and, I, and I do think that's why it's just, it's healthier for us to learn how to love one another, speak to one another, honor one another, and learn how to do that well, as opposed to just putting these blanket statements across the board that are in other words because there's obviously clear black and white statements in scripture mm. what we're talking about is the things that are outside of scripture right how do we right how do we rightly deal with these things if you were if if a if a new comer person uh -huh. came to church mm -hmm. what would they be able to see about the way things are going, if it's legalistic or not. I don't know if you would notice some things from point one. Okay. Because I think it'd probably take you a while to like to see the culture of the church and to hear the pastor preach enough to know okay. it, it, is this church legalistic or not. Right. Because you may, you may come in on a Sunday and they're hitting on a specific topic, right? Mm -hmm. They're just really, they're addressing a specific topic because whether the pastor feels led to, whether it's just been an issue in the church, whatever, they're dealing with a specific thing. And it may come across as, ooh, that's kind of legalistic. That's very, you know, but maybe they're just addressing a specific issue because it's been going on in the church. Um, and so I'd want to give it like several weeks. Like, is that just the norm or is that like a one-off mm. thing? And, and, or maybe they're just really passionate about one particular subject. But they're not legalistic about all this stuff, but just maybe one thing, you know, because we all kind of have our bents of things that we tend to draw lines at a little closer. Um, and so is it like, is it that one off thing or is it like every week I'm coming back and they're, they're that way? Um, and I, I think, don't have any lines. I'm the best. You're the best. Mm -hmm. No, but you're always wanting lines. 
That's true. So I'm not sure <laughs> what that is within you. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you want to be legalistic. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> you don't get yourself? I don't get it. Because I feel like I feel like all the line questions that I've asked you were about actual sins. Sure. And not stupid shit like R-rated <laughs> movies. Okay. All right. That's why I'm not asking you for a line with the R-rated <laughs> movies or right. what type of music to listen to. Because I decided a long time ago that all those lines are dumb. Okay. Okay. After I heard the the Shrek sermon for thirty minutes, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Okay, I guess I'm not gonna have any line." If you tell me there's a line somewhere, I'm not gonna have it. <laughs> <laughs> On dumb things. On dumb things. Okay. Well, I do think there probably has to be some sense, though, of hey, this is probably not watching this, listening to this, maybe not be the most jesus thing for me to do i mean maybe okay consider it <laughs> but i think if you're going into a church getting back to your question okay sorry i know it's okay i think like i think you're just gonna have to kind of be there for a minute you have to kind of discover like all right what what is the culture of the church what are they you know what are they preaching on is it controlling is it manipulative is it not you know like are they are they are they really hammering away at some really kind of like extra biblical stuff. And that seems to be like what they're always talking about. Mm. Is there a balance between, Hey, we're calling you to love, but we're also being honest about sin. You know, is there a balance there? Um, and so I, I think it would probably take a little bit of time to really discern if that, if that church is quote unquote legalistic or not. Seems like a lot of work. I don't think it's going to take too long. I mean, okay. but I just don't, I just, I, in other words, I wouldn't want anyone to judge. Like I would not want anyone to judge our church from coming in on just one Sunday. That's all I'm saying. One way or the other, I wouldn't want to be judged just on one Sunday because that's not, that's not, you're not getting the full, you're not getting a full enough picture mm -hmm. of, of who the church is from just a one Sunday, you know, kind of one Sunday visit, if you were. That's why I don't get why, like, the church, like, say you have, like, a a church member-specific Sunday service where mm -hmm. it's not, like, an actual sermon. And, like, these people got back from a missions trip. Let's hear them talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't actually, like, if someone new came in. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, why did I come this week? <laughs> Like, yeah. I'm not getting to know anything about anything, just yeah. listening to what these people do. I, didn't, I never understood that, why you would, why the leadership would do that on a Sunday morning instead of having a special come here about the missions trip thing right. or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess I see it both ways. Okay. Like, I understand, like, where you're coming from and the idea of, like, a visitor coming and that's what they're exposed to. Mm -hmm. But then I also see it from the perspective of, hey, this is what we did together as a church family. Oh, okay. So we need to share about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, t I tend to kind of fall on that side. Like, hey, because I, I I don't view church on a Sunday morning as just for the visitor. Right. Okay. It's for the church family mm -hmm. gathered together. And so sometimes the church family gathered together needs to hear about what's what's going on, like what what just happened in missions and 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 you're probably right that it doesn't need to be the only thing. Like we just shared, for example, this last Sunday about, you know, we just came back from a mission trip. We had someone share about it, but that wasn't the whole, like I still preached as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the balance there um, because I understand someone coming in. But then I also know people who actually started going to churches because they were passionate about missions, came in the first Sunday. They were talking, someone was talking about missions. And they're like, oh, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. So like I I've seen it go both ways. Um, and then other people be like, oh, that was the same thing. You just said wow, this Sunday, why'd I come this yeah. Sunday? That was boring. Um, <laughs> or that, or just it's it's, bo it's boring because there's, they're not, there's no connection to it. What country did they go to? Right. And what did they do? Yeah. And why were they there? Right. Um, so I, I, <laughs> they I built like, one hut, a whole trip for one hut. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and so I understand all, I understand all that. So, um, but I do think for again for any church, if you're coming into it and 
and you know, but you know, get to know the pastor, get to know the a little bit, ask questions, you know. Um, and if there's things you're concerned about, bring them up quickly, and you'll probably find out some things. So. What is your stance on Van Halen? <laughs> well, that'd be one way to get some answers yeah. pretty quick, to be honest <laughs> with you. So, this has been the When I Heard This podcast. You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast, and you can follow on x previously known as twitter and locals at when i heard this like subscribe share download ring notification bell tell your friends about the show and where to find it and how to find it and if you like it tell them that too and five stars ratings we'll take it we will joseph that was fun yeah man you can follow me on facebook and instagram at nate robinson and you can follow joseph on instagram at rev joe t this has been the winner of this podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.